Bullshit. The No BS Marketing Show is brought to you by Larimer's Men's and Women's Designer Clothing. Free shipping, free returns. Shop men's and women's designer clothing, shoes, accessories, jewelry, and more online at Larimer's.com or in-store downtown Pittsburgh. It's the No BS Marketing Show. I'm your host, Dave Mastovich of Mass Solutions, the world's only No BS marketing firm. Our guests today are John Chamberlain and Rachel Renneback, co-hosts of the Yajagoff podcast, a podcast all about the cool things going on in Pittsburgh. But first, let's cut the bullshit. Ever say it's fine when something not exactly fine happens at work? I see some smiling faces. <laughs> I do too. It's one of those default phrases we use when we want another person to feel that what they did wasn't a big deal. Or we're worried about upsetting someone and avoiding addressing the real issue. Most of us are guilty of saying it's fine from time to time, but it's actually not fine to say it's fine. When we think we're reassuring, we actually are calling attention to the mistake. Psychologists call this the spotlight effect. The person who committed the error might feel even more embarrassed. Obviously, this doesn't help us when we're trying to lead a team or wow a customer. Even though it seems polite to say it's fine, we might inadvertently teach people that certain behaviors are acceptable, or at least they might subconsciously think that. So here are some phrases to replace it's fine when you want to reassure someone that this is a teachable opportunity and not something to feel guilty about. Quote, we all make mistakes. Here's a way to work around this in the future. Hey, I've done it myself too. What I learned back then was to do A and B first. How about this one? I know the feeling. Been there when Z happened. What if we tried? So all those are just a little bit different than just saying, it's fine. You're fine. You're fine. Sometimes people say it's fine when they want to stop the discussion about a particular issue. In those instances, people might be hoping the problem goes away. My guests are both making face. This is wonderful. People might be hoping the problem goes away or avoided for now. Maybe they're afraid of what might happen if they tell their opinion, or they could just be in denial. Do you think others know when we're not fine, even when we say it's fine? <laughs> of course they do. So... You thought you were avoiding problems and instead you come across as less trustworthy or to some maybe even as a liar. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Here are a couple of quick responses when you aren't comfortable with the discussion in that time and place. Now, these are obvious, but it is the No BS Show. Can we talk in private about this? If there's a group of people around, that's a good thing to say. Can you clarify your goals on this? Now, that's the one I use the most because if you're talking to a client and it looks like they don't seem happy and just say, can you clarify your goals on this? It gives them the opportunity to explain and they're going to tell you then what you sucked at without saying you sucked. Have you considered X or I'm concerned about Z and want to better understand your perspective? You've heard me say it many times before during these rants, words matter, choose them wisely and cut the BS. This is going to be a lively show, folks. Our guests today are the famous and infamous John Chamberlain and Rachel Rennebeck, co-hosts of the Jagoff podcast, a podcast about all the cool things going on in Pittsburgh. They're sponsored doing fireside chats like their FDR in 1940. That's how big the show's got. I've listened to it. You know you've heard about it. You know you've listened to it. You know you're a fan. In addition, John and Rachel are marketing partners at Jagoff Media from creating a Pittsburgh Willy Wonka parody with Tyler Kennedy as Willy Wonkowski to creating Juju Claws for Juju Smith-Schuster to raise funds for the Children's Homeless Education Fund. John and Rachel always look for ways to have fun but not be jag-offs. John and Rachel, welcome to the show. 
Thank you. I was going to say thank you, but I'm ready to walk out right now. Really, that you whole gasped. fine thing, I didn't know what to do with that because that is our argument. Ongoing conversation. <laughs> it's like she set you up for this, Dave. We did. Remember? <laughs> we, we talked. <laughs> that is my word. No. It's actually my word. but so, so whenever you're unhappy, you just say it's fine? No, I say it's fine. Okay. It's fine. It's all good. And then okay. he says... It's clearly not. So I like the word clearly, but he's very intuitive, but he doesn't know how to fix it. So hopefully he took some of those bullet points yeah. and the next conversation will go in a different way. I'll send you an email with a little bit more specifics. <laughs> okay. So yeah, yeah. You, sort of like special show notes just for I you. I appreciate that. Yeah. That's perfect. Before we hit the mic, we were talking and you were saying how you've got sponsors now that you haven't been in the studio, mm-hmm. like we're in the studio now and you've been on site for a while now and you have a full slate scheduled. Let's talk about... I'm getting ahead of myself, so I want to get to that. Sure. So this will be a long opportunity, but I really want you guys to tell the audience how you got the idea for the podcast, how it's grown, and then get into where you are the next few months. Sure. So it takes us back a little bit. We talked earlier before the mics turned on. I lost my job as a vice president of Mm -hmm. marketing. In my downtime, I thought, I need to learn social media. Mm -hmm. In the same time, I was driving behind a Port Authority bus that would not pull over and pick up passengers into the curb. It was clogging up traffic. Like, just pull over, pick up the passengers. We can all go by you. I thought, I wish there was a place that we could post the picture of this Jagoff, as we would say in Pittsburgh, right? So I started yajagoff.com blog, which was anonymous for a time and things like that. It grew and grew. And first year, it received a couple of recognition things. And then I got bored with it. And it started to become adding some videos of interesting Pittsburghers. And then I got to the point where it was growing and I didn't know what to do with it because it was really a hobby. And uh, I actually, you may know the, the gentleman by the name of Jason Falls. He has a tie to Pittsburgh. And so I solicited his help and I asked him to look at the blog and the videos. And he said, this is great. And he said, I think you have a brand here, but I think you need to start a podcast. And I thought, wait, I need to do one more thing for free. Like, you know, for real. Mm-hmm. So we did start a podcast and the podcast just celebrated its 100th episode. And the brand has now become the podcast. You know, people see and hear the podcast. They know about the blog post of people who don't know how to park or a stupid criminal or a bad politician or whatever, but everybody knows the podcast and the videos at this point. So again, we just celebrated our 100th episode the other week and it has been, to Jason's credit, it has been the one place, the one way we've been able to monetize the blog slash video slash podcast. The brand has become something we could sell and leverage for money. Yeah. Go back to when you first posted the blog. Talk about the first five, 10 posts. How many people saw it? How did you gain traction? Did you use social media? Yeah, totally. Yeah, And that was how, for me, as a marketing vice president at that age, I was like, wait, I hardly even know what Twitter is and Facebook and all that. We learned Facebook because we had a girl living in our house from Argentina, a traveling student, and that's how she connected to her family. So we all, well, we better figure out this Facebook thing. Anyways, I used social media, Twitter and Facebook and now Instagram to leverage the brand a little bit. And people would get on and say, wow, Jagoff, how could you not follow that if you're from Pittsburgh? You know, I had things like that. And um, that's really how it grew through the, certainly leveraging the social media side of it. Yeah. Yeah. So now the podcast at episode 100, round of applause. Woo! Yeah. Woo-hoo. <laughs> So, fine. That's fine. That, that's fine. You're doing fine. You're okay. It's all good. Yeah, it's all good. So you're at episode 100 and now you're on this swing where you've got sponsors that want you to actually do remote broadcasts. And I guess there's a fireplace theme. Tell us about that, Rick. 
So we acquired Total Sports Enterprises as our main sponsor, which is a week-to-week thing. We do marketing for them. We were fortunate enough to have, I kind of had an interview to do some eBay work on the side. And they said, well, how do you know this and this? And it kept going back to my media roots. I worked at the Tribune Review for about 12 years. And I said, well, you know, I have some marketing background. And they said, well, why don't you do our marketing and not our eBay? So I brought John in and said, well, we do these kinds of things together. So he kind of became the media, I don't know, partner to Total Sports Enterprises, so to speak. And we were fortunate enough then to interview all of the athletes who they do signings with, Heinz Ward and Franco Harris and Juju Smith-Schuster, et cetera. So they really liked the brand, as he spoke of, and they became our all-the-time sponsor. So as that went, we had the money to kind of then approach other places and say, okay, if you could cover our production costs, we can come to you and kind of give you more promotion ahead of time, during, and then after. So if you kind of sell it, as you know, from a marketing perspective in that manner, they realize just how much value it brings because the social media aspect leading up to the on-site, you know, not that we get big crowds, but there's people there. And then obviously once it posts on Tuesday, it has the longevity of living in that nature. So from that, we were in various places from coffee shops to what? I don't know. Hmm. It's very tons yeah. of like red carpets. You yeah, know, yeah. We, we've been so for, we've been so, so fortunate. And then we had this idea because John actually prior to me did the porch tours in the summer where people would submit their porches and they would go have their podcast there, which we did this summer as well. And we would bring guests to their porch. So that was our location. So we had San Antonio Holmes as one of our people once. We had, who else? We usually take a news, you know, newscaster. people think a newscaster is a celebrity, right? So yes. we take, you yeah. know, Ken Rice or Jackie Kane or somebody, mm-hmm. you know, to be Rixie back. You know, Pittsburgh so we Rixie back. We said, yeah, let's take right. San Antonio, our Super Bowl. So we were showing up at somebody's house MVP. with San Antonio Holmes and, and he's he catching football, football yeah. in the backyard with him during the podcast. It was totally cool. It was cool. Yeah. And so from that, then we figured, you know, why do we stop that in the summer? What could we do in the winter months mm-hmm. to kind of capitalize on the exposure that we got with that as well? So we did. Here we are doing the fireplace tour. Our first one we just completed. It just today. It came out today. And we were at this woman's house in Ross Township um, on Sunday. And she the the bar is set, right? I don't Uh, know what to expect. It was a house full of people. And our guests came to the house. I mean, they were all happy to come to the house. And it was, it, was, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, and one of the coolest things we're going to do, depending on when this podcast airs, is March 17th, the Pittsburgh St. Patrick's Day Parade. Mm-hmm. We are going to record our podcast on a flatbed trailer as we're driving through the St. Patrick's Day Parade. We're crazy. So, that is yeah. cool. So it's kind of cool that we have this studio that we started out in. But once we stop, one day we, you know, we just decided to go here, go there. And we thought the studio's okay, but it's kind of fun to be out in the middle of a crowd somewhere. Yeah. And you become yeah. friends. You sort of align with these people. And, you know, Pittsburgh, six degrees of separation, that leads to something else, to something else. And then you figure out how you've known them or, or who else you really can learn to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Grew the business. And we do just the other cool places we go is uh, during football season and some in hockey season. When there's a signing at Total Sports Enterprise at the Robinson Mall, we'll record our podcast that morning from oh. out in front of the escalators. They're right in the middle of the mall. Our guests show up there and then we're there to take care of what the interviews and things we do for Total Sports when the uh, athletes show up. So it's really, the lines are so blurry as how we connect in so yeah. many different things. It's so great because it's become the podcast nomenclature at this point, you know, what it's known for. So how did you two connect to work together? There's the blurry lines, huh? <laughs> 
Yeah, so I worked for the Tribune Review, as I said, for about 12 years. And in what I, capacity were you there? I was a reporter to start and okay. then realized there's no money in reporting and had, uh, you know, was, wow, this is pretty bad and went over to the marketing and PR side. But that was in the early millennium. So that's sort of a completely different animal than what marketing and PR is now. And once I started having children, decided to stay home. And the Trib brought me back once they launched their magazines so that I could do social content for them. So I did some fashion, you know, editorials and things of that nature for about eight years. So I was fortunate for that as well. And then the decline of everything happened in what, 2009, whenever the recession happened. And it was like, oh, no, what do you do now? And did some odd things. Went back into the workforce when I turned 40 for Saul Markowitz for Markowitz Communications. Kind of got my feet wet on how, as John said, how it works now. The social media aspect, I was completely out of that realm. You know, what did I know? I mean, I knew what Facebook was socially just for fun. And then I realized what an impact it served in the media world. So I met John as, again, a media outlet working through Markowitz Communications. And we did, I guess, Monster Jam or The Circus was mm -hmm. one of the first. A little first. bit of both, yeah. Yeah. Right. And then we just collaborated from there. And we came up with these crazy things where like, hey, we're, we've done porch tours, so let's do a porch tour with the mayor. So we did like the tree lighting or the tree. What, they were bringing the tree in, yeah, I think, for holiday time. And we did just this big fun party on the porch there, because why wouldn't you? It's the mayor's porch. That's the best porch in town. And so I told him that November that I, you know, my dad came to me and said, you know, Rachel, I had just finished the bicentennial events that were happening around the city. And my dad said, why don't you do this on your own? And I said, that's a really good idea. I'm crazy. And I went on my own, assuming that I would have four clients and I had none. And here it is holiday time and I have three kids. And I was like, what do you do now? And you figure it out. So I went to Total Sports for this eBay thing and ended up, that was my first marketing gig. And then I got a couple from there. And then we decided we work well together. So let's join forces. So we, this year, officially became partners. And we have about five clients and a couple projects that we mm -hmm. do. And we're a staff of two. We don't see the bags under our eye. We don't sleep. <laughs> and then we remind each other that we have to eat at some point, which we're good at, but it's just getting to that point. Yeah. Yeah. And so there the lines blurred. So now then it became, you know, I have this phenomenal voice. So yes. He was like, she no has to be it's on this fine. podcast. It's fine. It's fine. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of funny because she took the job as the marketing person for Total Sports as a contractor. And then she said, hey, you, we need to be your sponsor. So then the, the sponsorship. And then... We did a couple of podcasts together, and as, again, the relationship grew, we worked on a marketing, we worked on a bowling event for San Antonio Homes, yeah. we worked on South. a and we just kept working together, and finally we said, you know, we should just be doing the podcast together, too, and so we pretty much, more, <laughs> we're like, every uh, day, every he day, drives my kids to school sometimes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny, but uh, it has been, it's been a great little partnership here, and, yeah. and so we do, as you know, marketing and PR, so, so many varied definitions. <laughs> But I think that, you know, the Jagoff media side has become known for its sense of humor and its way to kind of pull things out of people, either interviews, podcasts, things like that. Sure. We do video interviews at nonprofit organization events where we're kind of, it's almost like an appearance type thing. And it's completely different than just being a media outlet. We have this fine line where we're a podcast and a marketing kind of company. But in the meantime, we get invited to cover events like Garth Brooks and Monster Jam as a media outlet. So we're kind of like tiptoeing 
towing the line every day, which is really fun. We're trying to do business cards as we speak, and we can't figure out what you even put What on. are we when we grow up? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> that's John Chamberlain and Rachel Rennebeck on the No BS Marketing Show with me, Dave Mastovich of Mass Solutions. I appreciate family-owned businesses because I know how passionate they are about pleasing their customers. That's one more reason why I shop at Laramore's, a family-owned upscale store in Pittsburgh that specializes in women's designer clothing, jewelry, and accessories, consistently ranked by Esquire magazine as one of the top 20 specialty stores in the country for excellence in men's tailored clothing, made-to-measure suits, custom shirts, great sportswear, and accessories. Laramore's. Shop online at laramores.com or in-store downtown Pittsburgh. We're with the Yajagoff podcast, brand, marketing firm, all that rolled up into one. Wanted to continue down the path. So you talked about how you two became partners and working together so much. You talked about how it started as the blog and it grew. You talked about the fireplace chats and the porch campaign. Talk to me about some of the most memorable moments in 100 episodes, because again, congratulations making that 100th episode. I know when we hit 100 and then 200, it gets exciting. You just like, you, you think back to, I actually think back to how bad I was the first episode. That's <laughs> yeah. what I think about. Definitely. But yeah. talk about some of your fondest memories of the first 100 episodes. Sure. So for me, again, the lines blur a little bit between the videos and the podcast, because uh, that's how we started off with just the videos. But for me, one of the coolest ones was a Garth Brooks interview, one-on-one with Garth Brooks. You know, here's me with this silly little Pittsburgh blog. And, you know, I applied for media credentials and I got them and he comes in for his press conference and it's me and the three TV stations in the city and all these other reporters. And there I am with my video guy and they're like, all you guys with the video cameras line up here and you get your one-on-ones right now. So we were number four right after all the TV stations because they thought we were kind of cool. And the coolest part was when we were done, I had him give me a quick selfie video where he said hi to my kids. And they knew where I was, but they didn't really know what was happening. So I posted it on their Facebook page without telling them. And he said, hey, Colin and Hannah, what's up? You know, that kind of thing. So (laughs) to me, it was just cool to be able to like, wow, here's this silly little blog with Garth Brooks. And uh, same as, you know. Well, wait, hold on a second. So you're lined up there and there's there's three other stations than you. Yeah. So there's probably some repetition. What did you do with the questioning? Did you do something different to make you a little different than the first three? We did. Yeah, I did a little bit because the one thing I didn't want to do is I didn't want to have to take my time to explain the jag off idea. Don't worry. It's a good word. It's a bad, you know, that kind of thing. Basically, I went through it like, so it's really cool that he is a resurgence at that particular time. And how was it different as far as the social media now? You know, he's able to connect with his fans, you know, through social media. We had, I think, four and a half minutes with him. But in the meantime, you know, to hear his take on how he doesn't necessarily always understand the social media, but he understands how to market, right? He has never been at a loss for how to market himself. And I think he's done a really good job with it. So that's what we did. We didn't say, hey, we know you love the Steelers. And that's kind of what we do. Actually, we'll talk about that in a second, I guess. But most memorable... I think just recently we did an interview with the Steelers great Franco Harris in Heinz Ward. We said, well, we're not sure Franco's in a good mood today. So he comes out in front of everybody and we hand him the mic. We said, what's house Christmas shopping going? And he grabs the mic and starts singing Chestnuts on an Open Fire. You know, I mean, and he was good at it too. Yeah. So it was kind of cool. And Billy Gardell from Pittsburgh, you know, we had a chance to interview him. So those are some of my more memorable things, I think. Yeah. How about you? I wasn't really around, obviously, for all hundred. I started co-hosting essentially in September. So although I was around for them, I wasn't a part of it in that 
capacity. I think John just has that sense. You kind of asked the question perfectly. You know, there's always those candid go-to reportery questions that I'm well aware of. And I think the niche with us specifically, John, because not that I'm so trained, but at least I know I was a reporter. He knows what to ask. It's not that candid, typical, here we go kind of thing, which, you know, I, I credit you for because... It does get sickening. You know, when you're watching yeah. it, you're like, oh, here comes that question. So when Heinz Ward comes out, you know, what would you ask him well, about being say, a stealer? Yeah, right, segue, right, right. So she asks him. <laughs> well, we we never are going to be sports casters. We're not trying to be. So our goal is to not be, you know, hey, we're total sports enterprises. We're not those hokey people. And we're into sports, but we're not all sports all the time. That's what ESPN's for. That's what the fan is for. So it's always that my owners will say, Rachel, softball questions as if we don't know. So when they come out, we, Heinz Ward, it was, okay, are you ready? This is a big question. And he said, okay. And we said, what are you most recognized for? Your years as a wide receiver, your dancing with the stars time, or he was in Batman or Gotham City. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, that's a tough question. I mean, he was dead serious thinking about that. And it ended up being dancing with the stars. He said more and more people approach him in Giant Eagle and say, what was it like, you know, to be on Dancing with the Stars? So here you are looking at this legend, you know, and, and that's what he ends up getting asked the most. So yeah. it was interesting. Yeah, that's a good that question. A that was a good question for him. Yeah. I mean, it was fun, right? It's something that he's not... You could tell, I don't know if you remember, but he was like poised for, here we go, how many catches, you know, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And it was like, people love it. You know, it kind of gets your mind off of it. It's that frivolous nonsense. And we did the same. We're good at that. We did the same with Juju Smith-Schuster, who, you know, as a Pittsburgh Steeler came and he has a huge YouTube following and things like that. He goes out and he does crazy things. He had gone out and put a like a Beatles type wig on and these wire rim glasses and was John Smith, the reporter, and asking people about who is Juju Smith-Schuster? Things like that. Well, people certainly recognize it, but it was a viral thing on YouTube, right? When we had the opportunity to meet with him, we're like, what, what do we do different? Like, what do we do? So we went to the same costume place and we got the same <laughs> wigs and the same glasses. $95 later, <laughs> yeah, mind you. Right. We we're, were in like, the wrong business. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So he comes out and I say, well, hi, I'm John Smith, the reporter. And she says, hi, I'm John Smith, the reporter. And he's he between said, us. And he says, no, I'm John Smith, the reporter. And that's yeah. kind of how we started the interview. Which it was, was just so cool. And he know, ended up including us, you know, our kids yeah. thought, especially mine, thought it was so cool that we ended up on his YouTube video, like, I don't know how many absurd views. And it was the day before, ironically, the playoffs. And it was like the day, you know, my day, the day before my first playoff game ever. And we were a part of that. And they used the entire interview. So yeah. we were, we thought, so that was kind of cool. That's the kind of stuff I think that makes it. It's fun. Yeah. 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 So when you both got into this, you've told us a little bit about your background with the reporting and where you were in your life. You were telling me before we went on the air, but maybe for our audience, talk a little bit about how you've shifted gears and overcome some adversity in mm-hmm. your career to go from one direction to another, then that seemed like it was going well, and then you had to jump to another. Yeah, you know, and I will say this, there's a, a friend of ours, a Rotarian friend that she's, and I never pat myself on the back, but she always says, John, you are the example of who moved my cheese. Because, you know, I was in a business, a family business, it went awry. So then I was kind of looking, and a friend from Rotary said, hey. What was the family business? It was a restaurant business out in the northeastern side of the suburbs. And it just didn't last as it was someone who had invested their money, didn't know about the restaurant business, but got into the restaurant business and probably should not have. Right. And so then after that, uh, a friend of mine said, hey, I'm looking for, as we said, you know, you guys had done some research for a company here in Pittsburgh. 
And uh, there's always a no, no BS marketing tie to everything. It's oh, unbelievable. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's unbelievable. You come in and tell you come in and tell Mike Gaddy and me that we helped you get it. You job. helped me get a vice president of marketing <laughs> job at a company called Allpack and fifty some so year funny. old company. And we didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and so uh, so I got that job and I'm like, wow, this is a pretty fancy office. It's 12 minutes from home. Literally no rush hour. And one of the nicest companies I've ever worked for. And 18 months into it, they sold the company. The owners sold the company. And I was like, wow, now what? And I was a vice president of marketing that didn't know anything about social media, quite honestly, because other people handled that. So I rolled up my sleeves. I called my buddy, Dan. I said, how do I start a blog? And he's like, oh, my, my, my. You know, and, uh, and he's regretted it ever since because they all, I always call him when it's broken. But you We know, can still and, call him. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I started the blog and, and that's how I started to learn Twitter. And I learned Facebook. And, you know, I certainly asked questions of people. As a matter of fact, there's a marketing company. I didn't want to ask locally because I didn't want people to know who I was, not because I was afraid of anything. I just didn't want that effect of, you know, if you become a salesperson, then you sell to your relatives, whatever it is you're selling and you think you're successful because your relatives go, oh, buy insurance car, whatever it's from. I wanted nobody to know because I wanted to see if it would be successful. So there's a Wahine marketing company out in Hawaii I started texting, why wouldn't I do this? Why wouldn't I do that? So they were teaching me. So I literally just rolled up my sleeves and learned social media. And what I found over the years at this point is that if you're a jerk at building relationships, you'll be a jerk on social media. Like nothing has changed over tens of thousands of years on how to build a legitimate relationship. The medium has changed, but you know, you might shake hands in the old days. Today, you might tweet or poke somebody on Facebook, right? But the fact is, if you're an a-hole and you're full of bullshit, as you might say, right? Right. You're going to be full of bullshit on social media too, and people are not going to like you. But if you're a genuine person and you genuinely know how to build relationships, you use those same things through social media. And I think that's really kind of what happened here. Two years into the blog, I was in, in a row, I was invited to speak at the Hawaii Social Media Summit about Jagoffs and how we built the relationship. They recognized somehow that how I was building relationships. So it was kind of cool. And that's kind of how it evolved. I needed to learn social media for my own needs. And the blog came out of that. And my boredom as well, quite honestly. <laughs> I can't bullshit. It was boredom. <laughs> there you go. Hear more of my interview with John and Rachel on part two of the No BS Marketing Show. Thanks for joining us for the No BS Marketing Show brought to you by Laramore's Men's and Women's Designer Clothing. Free shipping, free returns. Shop men's and women's designer clothing, shoes, accessories, jewelry, and more online at laramores.com or in-store downtown Pittsburgh. Visit MassSolutions.biz for show notes, plus additional marketing and messaging resources like our No BS Marketing Weekly Update. Sign up and receive timely, valuable ideas to improve your marketing and transform your message. Again, visit MassSolutions.biz. Remember, ask yourself, what's the big idea? And build your story around the answer. It's all about bold solutions, no BS.